Hello and welcome to Ian's Research Club, a new A&M podcast. I'm your host, Ian T. In each episode, I speak with guests from the visual arts community, as well as creative individuals from adjacent industries. Hosting this podcast is an extension of the long-form interviews I've been conducting, and a way of capturing the personal voice. I hope you find the conversations generative and enjoyable, as I know I will. I'm at the studio of Youths in Balaclava, a design collective based in Singapore. Youths in Balaclava, or YIB for short, is a project that began while its founders were still in high school. Today, the collective comprises of 10 members from a variety of backgrounds, all united by their desire for personal expression. YIB's work is characterized by a self-taught DIY approach, and the result is edgy streetwear blazoned with anti-propaganda imagery, all embellished with straps and utility pockets. However, their creative interest extends far beyond fashion, as my guests Taufik and Cash can attest. Taufik, Cash, welcome to the club. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having us here. Um, Maybe you'd like to say who you are so people oh, can yeah, recognize okay. your voice. Um, this voice, this is Taufik, and this is Cash. Alright. To start a conversation, I would like to ask why did you decide to name yourself Use in Balaclava? Okay, so um, yeah, I think basically uh, to give you all a, a short story on how the name derived. Um, basically, when I was 16, um, one of the first few designers that I was really fascinated with was uh, Martin Majola. So I like his whole uh, concept and his whole um, uh, idea behind anonymous. Uh, or rather like you know masquerading himself behind the scene and stuff like that so um, I was thinking of a, a, an object that could like you know masquerade all of us and um, the first thing that came into my mind was a balaclava so it was also like a reference to a bank heist like as messed up as that sound like um, I like the whole idea of like you know when um, the sorry the robbers or rather when when there's a bank robbery, right? Like everyone is wearing different, or everyone is wearing the mask, the same mask, but everyone is doing different, different things. So essentially, the ultimate goal was to get the whole um, robbery done, lah. And um, that idea always, like, or has been always fascinating to me, uh. And so that's why the grand, in the grand scheme of things, using balaclava, uh, performing a heist. Yes. And the heist is this common goal that we all have. And everyone play different roles. Yeah, and especially at that point of time also, um, like the whole fashion industry wasn't very accepting or very like open. So I think to in that aspect, that whole heist was that we are going to like you know break in, break in into the industry in that sense, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's why I felt like um, that name was like you know very very strong for us or represent. Uh, what we were doing the and spirit at that yeah, point of time. yeah yeah so yeah and I think eventually um, as you all know that we've um, actually popped out in so many interviews with <laughs> our face you know included um, ultimately I think that you know uh, with time we kind of have to kind of move ourselves in different uh, how, do, how would I put this just move with the times yeah I, yeah with the in this like day and age yeah with yeah. celebrity designers i think i mean i wouldn't deem us as a as celebrity designers we're more of like a team unit uh uh we're like a a class you know yeah so i think that um uh, the i mean 
the the whole point is that like you know it's not it's nothing so fancy we're not like you know we're not a celebrity or anyone we just like people we, we're just we're just someone like you as well and where we come from and how we look like you know so at the end of the day i think it is it, is it's not supposed to be something that like when we put ourselves out there like to glamorize mm-hmm. but just to be able for people to identify yeah. yeah you know also that because we also like got a lot of question the name itself got last got us into a lot of trouble you know like um, a lot of companies or a lot of corporates they were asking or uh, making us elaborate uh, on what we were doing mm-hmm. and i think um, the the limit was uh, or the peak of this whole trouble was that um, people start like questioning us if we were involved in any of like the wars that's happening especially the one in crimea uh, a few months or a few years ago <laughs> so yeah, they, they were asking things like were you guys funding uh, them and stuff i think that essentially to us was like oh okay i think better not you know like uh, i mentioned also that uh wearing or masquerading ourselves during interviews is also very difficult because like you know as a minority or so as well uh we don't want to be linked to a particular organization that you know promote violence and stuff like that so it was a very difficult position for us to be in especially with this name but um we try our best to kind of like sanitize or like kind of like put it into a very um, artistic context. artistic context yeah that's right yeah so that's how the name came about yeah so speaking about roles can you talk about your respective roles in the collective Okay, so uh, essentially, so, I think fundamentally we have uh, Kasia. He does the finance of the group. Um, my myself, I am the creative director, but um, all of us have like a role in designing. So Kashri also does the graphic designs. Uh, as you can see from Lost in Transit, he has done several of the graphic designs from the collection from plastic surgery. So basically, like. Um, a lot of the YB bandit stuff also there is like different um, angle that we're looking at and then there will be a different entry point for like members to support the graphics mm-hmm. and i think Kashri's uh, strengths also lies in graphic design that's why um, a lot of times when there was on there is needed to be uh, graphics and you know uh, we'll get you know one another involved lah basically mm-hmm. the crazy stuff you go to yeah <laughs> so Basically, uh, do you want me to speak about the rest? Yeah, as well. Can, yeah. So yeah, so right now, um, as per mentioned, so Kash also handles the finance. So that's a re- very big role on him. That's a very big responsibility as well. So, um, of course, um, we needed like other creative members to kind of also fill in the spot also as well. So Spencer also does the graphics and he does the marketing for the group. Um, he essentially takes care of like okay you know plans out what we need to post out or gives press, us idea yeah, like for stuff. press and all that and then um, we have Ichen Ichen is the head of operations so he does the logistics and the whole um, I the whole event sorry inventory inventory, inventory yeah. logistics stuff yeah and all the shipments that is required to um, handle like deadlines yeah. and stuff production is like a production manager to Yeah, yeah, in that sense as well. So he does that with Zachary. Zachary is like the vice in that sense, and then Hanif is the supporting member for the whole operation. So the operations, that itself is a department itself, like mm. a unit itself. And then uh, myself with Delvin, we handle the creative department uh, with Yana and Kai. So we basically do a lot of the designing and 
I will just um, together with Delvin also we will try to figure out how we can uh, ensure we put out the right message in the design um, aspect of our clothes yeah. so things like signature details and what kind of story we want to express what kind of um, uh, clothing that we want to put out for each collection tag packs too tag yeah. packs are very important so so <laughs> when I come up with the concept and all that Delvin also basically he uh, most of the time manages also on the tag packs and he looks into how um, the design and the cutting the, technic- yeah, the technicality of it la. so mm. he's really good at that and um, that's why he is technically in the defi- the professional role that we need to have um, he's the head of the atelier so mm. he's the head of the studio in that sense so, so it's he, like a mixture of a it's like a dreamer and the and the Technically, he's more of like the practicality of yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He, So when I shoot up ideas and stuff like that, he sometimes like you know like, push oh, him back. Sometimes, yeah, like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think this is possible. Possible because yeah. of the you know fitting and stuff like that. So a lot of times, um, we try as much to, um, or rather, I try to listen out to a lot of the other members in not only the creative department. We also ask opinions, and if there's opinions from the other departments in in terms of creative aspect, you know, we we'll try to. As much try to push it into the the things that we've been doing lah, mm. basically. So yeah, yeah shout out to everyone from the Using Bala Clover team. I think bandits. Yeah, the bandits. I first came to know about YB through this very uh, informal runway presentation that you did, which was at a rooftop in Geylang. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. I think I, I came to know about it because the venue um is above this artist artist run space mm. called Softball Starts. Mm. So I think this kind of multidisciplinary nature um, YB really comes through through the networks and the circles that you run in yeah. but I'm curious how did this first presentation in the Geylang rooftop happen? show happen oh, yeah. okay. so I met um, Vampire Microbat also known as Sin Vampire la. Microbat now yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sin uh, basically was actually uh, taking care of an exhibition in this particular school I don't want to mention so she was a friend of my uh, lecturer and she is what that lecturer also had a shout out to her um, she's one of the best lecturers I had um, basically she's she l- a lecturer from uh, yeah that's okay uh, basically you want to say her name? I don't, no, I don't say we can censor school. that we can, she's a lecturer from this particular school. school this particular yeah. school I don't like okay. to shout out school. Okay. basically that school <laughs> um, yeah that's why I met that lecturer and um, she taught me this uh, what's this course uh, grey matter ah and it was like one of the most interesting things so um, she ha- at, that, at that day there was one day that I was talking to her and scene happened to walk past or either that or we went to her the exhibition and she introduced me to Sin and then from that day after school I would just like pop by and just talk to Sin and ask her how's the day and stuff like that and eventually we got this idea like she said that she wants to do something like a like a show like an event space. event like no, I think it was a performance art or something oh. like that. And she was like saying like, um, I was also thinking like, I also wanted to have a runway and, you know, like a DIY runway. And she was like, oh, cool, we can do it together, you know, like she can, you can do it on my space. And I was like, wow, that would be, you know, perfect. So, um, when the time when we solidified the idea, I think we only had like two months to the, the thing because uh, I think she's flying off somewhere afterwards. 
So, uh, basically, why also why we wanted to have this DIY fashion show was that um, it became so like tiring and it was so demotivating when every time we try to attend to a fashion show in Singapore, like during the Singapore Fashion Week, it's either they don't reply or they you know we are not allowed you know to actually even yeah, watch so we thought like why not just make make yeah, our own know, like, like, we just do it like our, ourselves a big F you to them you know like okay if you're not gonna invite us then we will make do the it ourselves yeah. you know so that um, especially cause we also also another interesting thing was that um, cause like we used to go for shows I think we still do it, it just cause of COVID so we we, we merged that part yeah, into like, the show the, like a gig you know like essentially um, the the hardcore punk scene right like it was so uh, something that was very close to us because we would spend a lot of our youth um, attending that show together and that's how we bonded and that's how we share a lot of similar interests together so we tried to take the aspect of like or rather what we've um, learned from the DIY spirit of you know actually hosting your own gig and stuff like that and why not change apply it, it to, to fashion fashion right yeah. so a bunch of like chairs from yeah, the coffee so shop we yeah, borrowed we borrowed coffee shop table if eh, chairs that we promised the uncle like to return <laughs> the next day plastic it was, chairs yeah, yeah the yellow le- yellow chairs we beg him sir, to yeah. borrow and add some photos chair. Chair for <laughs> he reference. was like okay then we give him $50 just in case anything happening <laughs> okay then we took then we got like I think a relative of our member had a lorry right so he kind of like call him up to uh, transport, the, transport stuff. the stuff and everything else so yeah right. logistics wise everything was like done by our members yeah. like in terms of getting all the uh, stuff there and uh, uh, Shin basically helped with like the gas and stuff like that yeah, people yeah. coming over and the marketing some of the guests basically. on our side two were there and like some of our friends early friends early followers they were there yeah. so yeah essentially also um the what do you call this the sound we had like um we needed a sound system going on for mm-hmm. the show as well and we yeah. had to use our own like we save a bit here and there got a friend who knows like a production sound production who can give us like a very good mm-hmm. price and then we okay like you know what just invest it on it yeah the set design was like inspired by the mtv and mtv, MTV unplugged, unplugged yeah session the, the grunge era like during the uh, particularly the Nirvana one yeah and I think um, we tried to do the whole set in reference to that MTV Unplugged yeah. set design but um, we didn't expect it to be on top of a rooftop lah at first because <laughs> yeah. there was like no lights no yeah. electricity like what if it rains and yeah stuff, what if it like, rains so we know. had to only pray like you know good for good weather and even the practice you know we only uh, did a one time uh, one round practice because uh, most of us we had school so we only can do it after school which is during the evening time <laughs> and then when we already arrive at the location it will be all pitch black so everyone had to switch on the iPhone or their phones right and then like just like shine it on the model okay then we just like oh and the out. models were like our friends too so yeah. like we just asked like can you guys help help us out and stuff like that yeah, yeah. So at that's that how point of time like it was it was great lah I feel mm. like It was a lot of like You know like uh, Friends and a lot of our The community yeah, yeah. Just helping Make the event possible, possible. Right? It w- yeah. If it wasn't for them It wouldn't have been possible yeah. too yeah. yeah And in terms of the clothes I think the kind of Grunge aesthetic And yeah. that period Really came through In what was presented On the yeah. models and they, As they walked past So yeah. can you share A little bit more About what type of pieces Okay so Shown then 
Because Addison the Chains. DNA um, Or rather like the the thing that um, At that point of time Or rather um, For most of us Grunge was a very very important genre That shifted and uh, Kind of like Shaped our Shape shifted like our, yeah, our Design mentality design, yeah. also And I we love the the sound that you know the of of the genre, the visuals so, too, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that whole aspect we had to like look into details of like okay, like what are the fundamental things that represents this genre and what are the things that um you know uh, because grunge is basically founded upon thrifting mm. and that's a funny thing and like wearing your grandparents clothes and then making it like your own identity and I think that really reflects with what we were doing as well or what we were having um, trouble with because most of the time we didn't have money to kind of like buy clothes or like you know afford the clothes that our friends buy and stuff like that so a lot of things are like hand downs from our parents and you know how we style them mm. I think that kind of like reflects the spirit of the grunge um The, the, the whole yeah, yeah the culture as well so we want to uh, put that sonically plus this spirit into the collection yeah. so what year was that 2017 I think it was 2017 and yeah I think it's quite interesting because we're in 2021 and there's a lot I mean the style and the cut um, is quite like relevant, relevant now. especially right now because yeah. people like to go through shopping yeah. and uh, naturally the, the the cut of the jeans is a is a baggy cut and then you get your dirty edge flannel yeah. you know that kind of thing so it's I, I felt like that was like quite quite we at that point of time it was quite a hit mm-hmm. we were four, four years ahead so I think that's quite an interesting POV like yeah. especially right now like if you ask even for reflect. like some of the pieces or so we tried to put some utilitarian kind of like yeah, there was a early, design early so it's not really there. like hard on grunge. grunge there grunge. was this bomber jacket with the the clip yeah the, the strap it's the like strap. this parachute um, strap that we tried to replicate right from a parachute jacket and then putting it on on a like kind of like dirty kind of bomber jacket that we had at that point of time so um A lot of things that also that was um, sewn onto the things wasn't done with machine mm-hmm. um, sewing machines. You know, like we do it we hand sew, and of course, like um, interestingly, that brings up another different aesthetic of the of the clothes because it has this like hand sewn kind of detailing instead of like this clean cut yeah. and everything. So everything is just like very messy in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, to be honest, the craftsmanship. Was at it's a very infant stage. Yeah. So hand sewing is the only thing that. Oh we yeah, can do. I remember we had no, we didn't, we didn't have enough money to buy a silk screen board. So for the staff uniform on that day, we actually did a stencil. Yeah, a stencil and just and spray paint like pain. Uh, acrylic spray on the like t-shirts. Yeah, that honey we had. memory. Yeah. yeah. DIY everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. DIY. I think, um. Since 2017, YB has come quite a long way, both yeah. in terms of like technically producing yeah, more yeah, elaborate yeah. Uh, pieces, pieces yeah. but also now YB is part of the Dover Street Market Paris umbrella, mm. which aims to bring emerging brands to the inter- international market. What were the kind of resources or infrastructure that they supported YIB with, which made perhaps certain things more viable for the brand? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ways that... Um, The Dover Street Market Paris team had uh the how they had how they supported us. I think it's very interesting that uh, you mentioned about Honey Memory earlier on, because I think when when in 2017 after we did that show, 
uh, we were thinking based on the commercial aspect too. Like, okay, after this show, what? We made a loss. <laughs> we made a loss. So, were we supposed to sell the clothes? How are we supposed to do it? Um, what 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 is a line sheet? You know, yeah, so what is a deck? You know, like you know, that. yeah. So we we don't we we didn't know we weren't aware of all these uh, technical terms. Like, um, so that's where the SMP came. So they aided us and they supported us in terms of uh, a lot of like um, uh, showing us what what is there to do and how how do we like come about doing it of course like sometimes you know we have to learn from the internet at the end of the day they cannot like babysit us so um, in terms of that resources um, I mean we look at some of the 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 what do you call that like basically like when when we have to prepare the line sheet and like and from there all the way to the retailers invoice, even. like yeah. the invoice yeah. you know, how to create a commercial invoice, invoice how yeah. to do a packaging order and stuff like that the whole logistics and how to work to like you know um, and at that point of time interesting also because like uh, Kash was also in, still in school and he's, he learned some like a uh, few terms and things like that so like things like X-Works and uh, DDP DAP. like how, how what is all this you know at that point he was still infant and uh, like oh yeah we didn't know how to create an invoice yeah, yeah I remember that I was like, like invoice <laughs> was like, like very basic invoice yeah. like that we can do but how do we do like uh, with terms and you know yeah, the terms, yeah. So, and so stuff like that I had to go back to my textbook and then I had to refer back to the question in which I answered in school and that's actually basically how we prepared the first invoice yeah. yeah, and also it was also like a very harsh, cause um at that point of time before DESMP was involved involved like it was with Adrian. So Adrian like kind of guided me through all these things like okay writing an invoice what we need okay then I ask the team like okay we need to create an invoice that's what he says and then uh, how do we do it and then what we, the terms yeah, are the <laughs> and then like you know everyone uh, just basically brainstorm and then you know like oh he uh, Kashri find out like certain things from his textbooks his um, uh, exam papers and stuff like that and then um, back then Michael was also there and then he yeah. was like giving his uh, piece of advice okay we should do this do this, do this so I think at that point of time um, whenever there's challenges like you know or not at that point of time still is when there's a challenge thrown like it's not really on a particular department that handles we try as much to involve collectively every, yeah, yeah. Every, get everyone. everyone else's like uh, take on this and then yeah. we come up with the best it was actually very difficult earlier because it was really like Adrian it was personally Adrian and then he would always get the message to me right and then I'll be like oh my god I, I don't know how to do this yeah. you know this like, Adrian whom we are mentioning is Adrian, Adrian Joffrey yeah. yeah and he's a very nice guy he's he's very patient with us and he really guided us on the first um, piloting to the international market in that sense yeah I think also just to give you another answer on this it's very interesting that uh you ask this question because at the end they I cannot imagine a better brand than Com de Garçon helping us out. Because uh based on commercial based on the commercial aspect, um Com de Garçon is that one brand and I think that um you know they're one of the very few brands who really oh, you know, they like, design without compromise. Yeah like but they come out with a commercial standpoint. They they have a commercial, commercial standpoint. Line, yeah. yeah. So I think you know, there's a lot of brands who steer into uh one one area or the other, but too much in one direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But comms is like mm. they 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 score on both sides. Mm, you yeah. know, and and I think that that's something that even until today, 
like a lot of people respect Comme des Garçons for. Yeah. It's not. It's not because yeah. it's like they're like they started as an avant-garde brand and then eventually you know putting out a commercial line that many Supports, of the masses yeah. can appreciate without having to wear quote unquote weird stuff. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So. Yeah. So in a way, using Balaclava as a as a as a brand, as in like we understand and we learn, we see that that is possible, and we see that we are under their umbrella. You know, it's not so. It's not a. It's not like oh, like I'm looking at Instagram and looking at this other brand. They're doing this. Mm. No, this is like the guys that are that that we're working with. So. Yeah. It it can it 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 made it possible. It made it much more easier. Mm. I I would say also is it it feels also almost like school because instead of the lectures that you have you know in school you these are our lectures and our grading our like examinations is not based on like okay a project or anything it's like real life like okay you get to see your marks by the the business uh by the 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 whole the sales. yeah the sales and everything so that will be your mark so. You know, it's 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 more how you say it, it's more it's tied down to a lot more, uh, how you say, it, not personal. I would say like a real life, you know, events or like real life situation where you cannot afford to really make the slightest mistake. Yeah. You know, or not think a bigger thing can be implicated by just doing a very small um, uh, decision making and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. And um, January twenty twenty two is an exciting month for YIB because you'll be <laughs> presenting your first runway um, presentation at Paris Men's Fashion Week. Can yeah. you give a teaser of what uh, you'll be showing? Uh, okay, so um, I don't want to jinx it, okay? But the Omicron virus as of now has been really tough for like um, everyone and. If all things go smoothly, I think we would be able to see our first ever runway, and um, it would be the biggest collection that we have done so far. Um, it's not only the first show. Yeah, it's the first, the, the woman's. Oh yeah. Oh, so also that. So I was going to that later. So it's like <laughs> it's the biggest collection, and then it's like part commercial. There's part like. Uh, There's more of cut and sew, and there's also like women's wear. So this is okay. So I don't really like to use the word women's wear because it kind of like label and kind of like uh, force you to feel that it's particularly mm. for that kind of gender. But I'm just saying it for the fashion, like the layman yeah. fashion label where they just okay like men's wear and women's wear. So it's easier for us or everyone to understand. So um, basically, we will be piloting our women's wear collection in this collection in men's. Paris Fashion Week, so it's quite a uh, big and uh, our first ever like actually the biggest collection. Yeah, so far the uh, biggest collection. Honest, yeah. It it is double from. Ah, uh, that's the word. Ambitious, the most ambitious <laughs> collection that <laughs> crossover. We so <laughs> if everything goes all right, then we will have our first runway. But either way, we'll be doing uh, a runway recorded or you know in mm. a physical form or it's like you know especially with, with the yeah, theme audience. that you're going for uh, going working towards in this collection you're working in themes of like uh, uh, clans of oh three. yeah so, so it's like designing three right yeah so like it's designing like three collections four, in four, 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 four. So five, 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 five five collections five. in one collection yeah so there's different uh, aesthetic for different uh, groups so, so the collection is actually tight um, okay so I just give you a, a very vague um Uh, brief on what's the collection about so the collection is uh, basically uh, when we were thinking about it we wanted to do something with the automotive culture 
So basically That was the root Or like the seed To what we wanted to do And then We decided that Okay Like I wanted to make The sh- um, the collection A narrative So what narrative You might ask Is like I wanted to talk about Singapore But how do we talk about it Without being so blatantly obvious That it's about The situation here So we try to put A narrative over And it's like For those who knows knows lah basically so it's a it's, it's actually a really a lot of collection just speaks about our life here in Singapore and the current um, um, position that we are in right now and I just feel like putting a narrative over it also would make it more interesting in that mm-hmm. sense so that's why uh, this time around we have that narrative uh, in, a, in a way that there will be a villain quote unquote I mean you can guess who that is there will be segregated um, clans and there will be a unified clan So it's like this whole story of like a battle between um, uh, What do you call this? People who are isolated or you know kicked out from the city And then now they're going against this villain quote yeah. unquote. And each different uh, settlements or each different tribe There is different aesthetic that is you know tied to them So we're also trying to make this whole show like... Um, Elaborate or like Can I put an emphasis on What we are trying to Express in this mm-hmm. collection Also as well So yeah We're trying to make it More theatrical in that sense lah, For this yeah. show Basically And you mentioned yeah. um, Just a while ago While we were speaking Before this recording That uh, it's kind of the, the title And also Some of the ideas Are based off a book Yeah so um, When the, the word Psycho Highway Was actually From a so psycho I got, uh, Psycho Wait so Basically there's this 60s safety book I happen to see it somewhere But when I tried to retract That particular name And that picture I couldn't get it Because I wanted to show Delvin Like Oh I, I, I thought of a, a really good name for it Psycho Highway It's like Where did I find it I couldn't even find a picture Or anything like that So what I can tell you guys Is basically like It's a safety book From the 60s That was titled Psycho Highway And I think that would be Like a really really good name For the collection You know So That's how the name Came about lah Basically Psycho Highway And Taufik When we last spoke You mentioned that You are increasingly Drawing inspiration From nature in yeah. your designs So in what way Does nature influence The new designs In this collection So I think in a in a in the grand scheme of things, um, I really am fascinated because uh, if you know about our past, we are, I'm always like you know we try to revolve the brand around this occult theme, but then of course it, it's like too much. But um, spirituality in that sense kind of like interests me in a in a in a very weird way. So I how does nature got to do with this whole spirit spirituality kind of thing? Is it because the things that we uh, like, or rather the things that created on Earth is supposedly perfect. In like you see a leaf, you see a flower, how they function, how animals function, how our bones work, how biology, like you know, all that kind of things is very interesting. How is this thing able to function? So, functionality and aesthetic is something that you know, as a designer, that's what we always think about and what. Especially in YB We always want to think about Functionality of the garment as well So how does that link it back again Is that um, I call it God's blueprint So basically We are literally just Thinking and referencing Everything from God's blueprint Hmm. If I were to put it So like the idea of spine How it supports a human being You know to stand up And do a lot of different movements And stuff like that And then Taking that element out And then putting it into a 
to uh, our design language you know how can that fit in a flower a flower you know what's the function of a flower what does it serve what um, basically all of that then we take up that language and then try to apply it into a different kind of language and i think that's the beauty of it and that's why i'm always very fascinated with nature and one of the few designers that actually managed to bring this into a very very uh, grand scale i would feel is like uh, Good Gaudi, Guidi, no Gaudi, the oh, Spanish Gaudi. architect. Oh, okay. Spanish architect. He built it. The he built this church, right? And a lot of the oh, yeah. details that he worked so with is a lot of like you know a reference for nature yeah, as well, like and shells, shells, yeah, rock like, formation, yeah, yeah, all that. It's it's very interesting because like um when he mentioned this, it's like um these are the things that we use every single like yeah these are daily daily use this. Our anatomy You know Our spine And everything I think What he's trying to do Is uh, uh, enhance Something that is Quite understated You know And um, something uh, And referencing From something That is familiar mm-hmm. A familiar feeling Yeah You know Sometimes like When you Try to um, Envision Or you try to Conceptualize A con a concept That is Very far-fetched A lot of time People find it hard To, to digest read. Yeah Because yeah. it's too out It's too out of the way, you yeah. know, it, it, something it has to be familiar. Yeah. 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 So I I just love, I mean I think it's this is this growing uh you know you you grow up as an uh as a person but also you grow as a designer as well and um learning that even the bullet train was even referenced from uh the bird right the kingfisher you know how they want to make it like um they don't have this sonic blast so they yeah. they. they replicate the beak of the bird into the, the train I think that really fascinates me and I think that's how we are slowly moving in our design mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how I'm trying to rear uh, everyone into thinking this is how we want to do the clothes or whatever that we want to do so that's yeah that's why you mentioned skeleton because like I think it's a uh, like bones yeah. and as a material has also yeah. appeared yeah. in other forms in your earlier designs right yeah. like whether it's jewellery yeah. or even like a That's graphic right. and things like that yeah. so, so it's interesting he has like bones or necklace and yeah. we had to eat like a bunch of chicken chicken wings so that we can get the bones yeah. and then just to make a necklace or I mean, uh, I, I mean, I mean, that's the most human, humanly way yeah, you can exactly. do it, right? I mean, yeah, like, that's, I that's how he justify, justify, uh, his budget towards the finance <laughs> team. You know, we gotta make a collection. Let's order chicken wings for the and, team. And 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 like bone is something that is very difficult to get. And I hope that one day, like you know, moving forward, I'm quite excited to you know present some stuff that we're working on. That maybe people, if they're really disgusted with bones, then. It's something else. Yeah, <laughs> one one day I had like a request of a uh, more than a hundred chicken wings on my table. And I was like, why we why we need chicken wing? Oh, it's for the collection. What which part of the chicken wing we need for the collection? <laughs> is it to fun? You know, is, is it to 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 make sure that you guys are well fed and stuff? No, it's the bones. We essentially like everyone like struggled eating like chicken wings uh, just to get the bones out. That is not even the the tough part. That I mean, eating we thought was the easiest part. It's actually one of the most difficult part because we were like stuffing chicken down uh, uh, every night, right? And then we had to clean up the whole thing, you know, clean the whole bones and stuff like that. So, I think in the future you will see more of this kind of stuff. So <laughs> hopefully, oh yeah, like spine. Okay, go on. Yeah. So I think the other kind of project that you are working on, which I'm very excited about. 
it's that um, you're going to be part of the group show that we are working on yeah. together yeah. that's titled um, We Are Young Ones so the, for the show um, it's a group exhibition of um, Singapore artists across different generations and it gathers early works produced by Singapore artists and I thought it'd be interesting to have YIB um, as part of the show because of what the collective represents right okay. this kind of spirit of fearlessness this can-do attitude and in the show YIB will be showing some prototypes and archival material but you're also building this sculptural display just to house these objects so okay, can you talk yeah. a little bit about this display as well as the things that go into it okay before, yeah. before we start in yeah. it's an honor to yeah. collaborate with um so many of uh, the lo- uh, talented local artists uh, in I, the exhibition so. i think for like first and foremost we have to we have to really give our thanks to jeff and ian <laughs> thank you for having <laughs> us i think it's such a like you know what kashi mentions an honor for us to be actually also uh, having our works displayed at your place and your space uh, shout out to Art Agenda You know You guys are the best yeah, Thank yeah, you so much For giving us this opportunity yeah. And platform To do this Yeah so uh, To the table uh, To the sculpture uh, Yeah we um, I I think to give them uh, Our Audience Some insight yeah. Of how it happened So Kash Basically uh, Got in I think you wanna So I got in touch with yeah. Jeff And um, So Jeff wanted Us to show some archival works but then I was thinking, hey, there's something new in my house that Tafik is <laughs> something funny again, like Tafik building again. So I was like thinking, oh, maybe you, what if we put was like a waterfall and it's like right in between the kitchen and the living space. So it's very hard to miss it. And I was like thinking, what if we put that there? And actually, that's how the idea came about. Very simple. Yeah, and and I think uh, when Kash introduces introduced me to Jeff and Ian uh, we managed to look around the space and we really like what uh, we're seeing and um, furthermore giving us the opportunity to like uh, show our archival pieces I feel like it's only right that we do it in a very um, how to call it an impactful way so that we can honor the the collaboration as well so when looking into it um, the first thing that I was thinking was of course if we're gonna make the waterfall how is it going to be done in the space because it's all essentially like a, a crisis yeah it's a crisis for me already at home and in, 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 what if it's in a gallery that would be like insane so um, I was thinking like along the lines of like okay what kind of hit me first was the Mekong Delta so I was like thinking how can we actually uh, how do the, the, the functions of the Mekong Delta works and how can I apply it to the gallery you know because it's, it's, a, it's a small space right like not as big as a like an industrial warehouse so building this sculpture i then figure out that we can do like a mini island like also back to the indonesian archipelago like each one of the islands have different cultures and different story behind them and putting our archive works on each island on the table which have their own story and how they are formed and you know the the, the design aspect of them uh, represents well you know uh, differently you know in each on each island but as a whole they you know they um, what do you call it they complement well mm-hmm. each other as a whole sculpture I think essentially that also reflects on how using balaclava spirit is and I think that would be very important uh, if we could manage to bring it about in a you know small sculpture that can yeah. fit the space so 
basically we are looking into building this table that uh, is a waterfall like that has a water uh, fall uh, sorry that has a waterfall like feature with islands on the table that features the different archive works of our um, of YB lah, basically and then the next idea was that how we're gonna infuse like photograph into the sculpture itself but then you guys can see it yes the event. please come to the show please come to the show please guys please <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls just stick to the rivers and the waters that you're used to and in terms of like the objects because we, yeah. we we did, we talked about this and we uh, kind of worked out mm. kind of interesting small little things that could go into this display so I think one of the key objects would be like the G-Shock watch with, yes. which you have like soldered almost like a skeleton kind of yeah, cage over the where you read the time right oh she's gonna I, say I, time is a concept <laughs> <laughs> okay just to give you guys an insight of the watch you can you can barely you're gonna attach see. the photos right yeah yeah we, so yeah see you can see the skeleton and someone will ask him like how, Why, do how do you even tell the time and he's gonna tell you time is a social construct okay. you know you never be limited to what is given that's when <laughs> you, you keep quiet and you turn around <laughs> and you walk away <laughs> yeah I think uh, a few of the pieces like um, the uh, the watch that we have made with like a rib cage I think essentially what we've mentioned earlier on how I'm very fascinated with the human anatomy that is the reference point for that watch and um, the few rings and um, you know how like uh, somehow like human cells or when when we heal from a certain de- uh, scars and stuff it's not perfect but somehow it is perfect with all this in, uh, inorganic shape so that was the reference for a lot of the other pieces that um, you see in the metal works and mm. stuff like that. And I think the photographs are past works of our like lookbooks or campaigns and um, some photos of us that has never been seen before by the public and the masses actually. It's like one of uh, the pictures that actually was good but didn't make it out, you know. For the for the public's eyes, yeah. so I think on this event or during this event, you guys can take the chance to actually see those pieces. Yeah. And um, in terms of the, I think that this watch is particularly yeah. significant because it's like, first to describe a little bit how the watch looks like. So it's a watch that you have, like a standard <laughs> G-Shock watch, which you kind right. of sold that yeah. these additional um, bone-like structures onto, yeah. and if I'm not mistaken, you actually it, this is like a prototype. Right in a way, and you. Yeah, so oh, G-Shock, yeah. G-Shock okay. might send a cease and desist letter. <laughs> have to contact the lawyer and see if this is uh, the, yeah, approved or not. It's it's actually our. It would be our prototype. I don't know whether we can. <laughs> yeah, we can we share the details? The uh, um, there's just gonna be a watch. So just like yeah. keep a look. There will be a particular watch that maybe I'm not sure if I can say the brand company name because of the. I mean, we we're not gonna go. We're not gonna go Spiderman on this. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna go. So the time. that is essentially uh, maybe the first uh, representation or like the first uh, model that you will see for future works. Watch this space. Watch this play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let's pivot slightly. Okay. <laughs> is there a dream collaborator that YIB wants to work with? Uh, I, ha- I have just to put it out there. We have a lot, you know, to be honest. Yeah. And uh I wouldn't say like 
there is a but okay actually really there is a particular one but first I I mean of course we want to work with Richard Stark I mean oh, yeah. for sure uh, like Richard Stark of Chrome Hearts yeah that would be the dream like I think I think it, it spans uh, along like so many different kind of artists yeah. in different industry different like for example um, Craftman Craftsman like uh, yeah. Richard Stark or Richard Stark or even like we with our past work we did with uh, film director Royston Tan um I mean I would love to work with uh, JBL for example yeah. sound um so there's a lot of different artists from different industries yeah a lot of, actually a lot of the artists that we kind of want to work with already like uh, passed away already yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I'm not fashion designer yeah, so I'm I don't we we should start I think the only fashion, fashion I think the only fashion designer or fashion related brand that we would really like to work with was Comdegason basically yeah. like that is the not not to like be biased or anything I think uh, it's again like it's very funny like before we actually had this whole thing um, there was a school work that I did on Ray Kalkubo mm. and I had to do like a very intensive report on that and then remember printing it out and having to you know And little did I know, like you what know, I'll be. That? I think that was like 2014, 15. So like five years later, he's shaking her hand. Yeah, and then you know, essentially meeting her, and then meeting her is already a dream, and ha- and then being under their like kind of like umbrella is already a dream. So why not proceed the dream even further by you know collaborating on pieces and actual garments yeah. and stuff like ah. that? You know, yeah. uh, I think as far as I'm concerned. Um, That is the only brand. I mean, we are very, very open with different, different kind of collab, depending on the take of the project. Yeah, I feel like brands nowadays, um, a collaboration happens very often, and mm. um, you have like sometimes like, you know, you collab with like cartoons and stuff. Like it sometimes feel quite forced. Mm. So with this question, like, um, yeah, like what Taufik said too. Like we're we going to take our own sweet time with with this and. Um, Be like very, very, very sure yeah. before we want to collaborate with a a, a brand because like it's not supposed to happen all the time. You know the nature yeah. of it is not supposed to happen. Like I don't know how many th- I wouldn't I wouldn't state how many times within a year, but like now in the in this in this day and age, collaborations like happen way too often that they lose the the meaning, the essence of of mm-hmm. a, of a of a brand collaboration. Yeah, usually, collaboration to me. To me, my in my personal opinion, sometimes they are very lazy in that sense yeah. because it's like two branding, and that that's the collaboration. I mean, yeah. people can have their opinions about it. You know, some people like it, some people love it. It's fine. It's totally fine. But I just feel like in our way and approach, we want the collaboration to be more like involving two different artists. You know, working together into creating a product that you know is entirely new and. Can be enjoyed by the masses, ah. Basically, yeah, I, I think people know, you know, people know if it's lazy and and eff- effortless yeah. when a collaboration comes. So I mean, they they get to be the judge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the um, kind of collaboration that you did with Royston Tan, the yeah. Singaporean um, filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. Um, why? How did they come out? Why did you decide on this particular film? <laughs> so, and then it's also so kind of released under the Bandits line. Yeah. yeah. So maybe can you introduce a little bit about the Bandits line? How it, what's the kind of function that it serves within the larger? Oh. It's more of a sub subversive line. It is like it's more of like uh, a lifestyle brand, more yeah. of a lifestyle kind of brand. Um, 
I would say that um, in efforts to to make sure that we speak the language of the streets, yeah. not too far off from the I'll, runway too. I I would say also yeah like because we started as a brand like YB Bandits, what the what the direction was and everything. But essentially, we had to grow because like you know if we're gonna be in this industry, you know there's gonna be a lot that is expected of us. And as artists also and as designers, you grow also as well, right? In the journey, so in that aspect. You Simbal Clava would be more of like a curated kind of direction that we're looking at. So this, uh, what uh, embodies the whole brand is basically concepts and thematic messages, and you know, um, more crafted and detailed um, um, pieces that you know takes a lot of effort and uh, it's more meticulous in that sense. And you, yeah, you. So basically, it's like you want to grow, but you don't want to leave your roots. And yeah. the roots, where is that? Is that why we bandits? Yeah. So know? bandits is like for the community and by the community. So we are this this entity that is together. You know, that's why we call it the bandits as well, as well, because it's um essentially the tribe. So we want to connect back to the people, the community, in a way that it won't affect anything. Because now using Balaclava is like oh, all this legal illegality issue <laughs> and stuff like that, right? So it's very difficult to get in, you know, to connect the dots together with you know the community and the, and the brand. So how can we do it? Is that we create and an, uh, we have this line that essentially is uh, easier to enjoy by the enjoy by the mass, you know, and also to work with you know the people that we want to work, work with freely yeah. without any legal bindings and without any difficulty you know proceeding with that kind of stuff so um even with Royston it was like the yeah. Royston story yeah with the Royston story <laughs> also it's like <laughs> so it's I wrote I wrote to Royston so I wrote to Royston in one month sometime like a few years ago and he didn't reply me <laughs> so what happened was that exactly 12 months later one year later I the idea just came just sprung up in my head again and I thought we we need to do this collaboration like I need to work with the with that film why that film because it's a cult classic and why everyone knows the song everyone knows the film yeah so that that's growing how up in we secondary school even like consider that because like growing up not even secondary school like in primary school like <laughs> confirm you like you if you go over to your cousin's place or your you know whoever then we start Diving into the YouTube verse, right, and then you start going to this kind of segment where you play like gang poems, right? Like, oh my god, that is like a whole new level. Like, what is this? Slowly, we realized it was a film, and then we actually watched the film, and then we really like how the film is so brutally honest and it's so raw in the aspect of like speaking about the life in Singapore, like as a Singaporean youth, and especially like we are coming from the aspects we have friends who are li- like in the. Living as the outliers of like society, society in that sense. So I won't say like ninety. I think most of us we come from this like normal academic background. You know, it's if you are in the normal academic background, it's like a different world from the express people. You know, express people live in their own world. They are all about like academics and stuff. I might be entirely wrong. I'm just general like generalizing, but you know, you have friends that are going into this different different life, and of course, when you Uh, watch the film. You can relate to how they feel. You know how uh, things work in that uh, when we are growing up as our formative years, right? That how that whole social e- like ecosystem work. So the collaboration only felt natural. Yeah. So it it was very organic, and um, 
And that's why even after a year of not replying me, I still felt the need to do the collaboration because no, also on top of that, no other brand has actually done a collaboration with the iconic film. And I'm thinking, how the hell is that possible? So I reached out to him again, and this time he wrote back. And then fast forward, he invited us to his studio, and then we discussed the idea, presented the idea that we had, and he was quite, he was quite like easy to work with. And like he was quite open to ideas and stuff like that, and he even he even gave us like what happened. He even gave us his own like personal experience, like what happened after the film came out. Yeah. I I feel like when Royston was at that age, he was a Temasek Poly student. When he was at that age, when he came out with a film like that, it was something that if I was at that age and I was interested in film and I was doing filmmaking, I would do that. But he had the balls to do that. So you know, in a way. The spirit of Royston Tan when he came out with that film is something that I want to. It's very it it it's easy to identify from where we're coming from as a brand, something that we can really respect. Yeah, and and furthermore, like Royston Tan was with like Eric Khoo, you know, yeah, and all host, that. Yeah, and and, and how and they were involved in the music, the music scene. scene, and they were like directing music videos for like um, what's that uh what's that band that. Alternative. The Odd Fellows. Odd Fellows. Uh, no, there's so this. Many, yeah. There's this. Yeah, there's this one music video that could done, and I think um, what I heard is that when they directed the music video, people like saying, "Oh, spoil market, so you guys got these people to direct." Oh so yeah, I think that was. Ro- so yeah, very interesting yeah. touch between like you know how they are from different different industry of music. It's not even even art. different industry. It's like they're a different era. Yeah. So I felt it was very important to do this collaboration because we also wanted to. Um, expose and maybe push out and you know let the 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 younger community know like inform them that yeah, hey you know this, kind of this used to happen and yeah. this was this shit was cool you know like I don't know if you like it but I'm just gonna put it on t-shirt see whether you like it or not yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's only our responsibility to kind of like give an homage to all the artists that came before us and I think I mean it, it won't stop at Rice and Tan lah, of course there will be many different artists that we work with and using our platform using the voice that we have I think it's important that we share the Singapore's art history to the world you know and that is very 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 important yeah it's yeah. it's crazy because like I think a few months ago it's like I saw um, the 15 Royston Tan YB Bandits like stuff is like sold out in London Dover Street Market London and like in LA yeah and, and like I'm thinking like you know the random westerners like wearing the t-shirt and if you can do if you can at least you know make people question oh where, where is this from where, where is it from you know and stuff like that I think at least at least we're, we're a good start you know yeah, yeah. I think mm. speaking about like just in, in terms of like, the connection between this collaboration and the show that we're working on it's yeah. like, there are some kind of similar intentions yes. about picking up this idea of people working yeah. you know creating really early formative yeah. works yeah. that speak to this spirit speak to their experiences agree yeah, yeah exactly as, exactly because like I feel like even the concept of the show that you guys are doing and uh, holding you know is, is paying homage to a lot of artists that you know came before us and 
how um, they develop as an artist and we want to show that we want to celebrate that success yeah. you know and I, I that's why at the end of the day again we are very humble and we are honoured to be part of this whole exhibition thing as well yeah, I think we are, we are so happy yeah <laughs> you know you share Thank this you. energy you share yeah. this excitement and like just you. invite you and you're like let's do this yeah <laughs> I mean like I was really nervous really fantastic you know? Um, okay, I think we are running a, a little bit out of time. But do you have any like last words that you'd like to share? Any uh, last words? I think at the end of the day, eh, not at the end of the day. At the end of the day, the day will end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you just come over. Just come over to the exhibition. Yeah, and, and <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, please don't touch. <laughs> please don't touch. They're very sensitive. Please. Don't touch anything But you can observe from far Take as many photos as you want Once the exhibition ends You can take the art piece <laughs> back To your house if you want to <laughs> <laughs> Boo <laughs> Alright Topic Cash Thank you so much Thank you so much Ian <laughs> Thanks Ian Thank you for listening to Ian's Research Club Another market podcast If you liked what you heard, subscribe to stay updated when new episodes drop. You can find the podcast by searching Ian's Research Club on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Do rate and review us as it helps others discover the show. For images of the artworks and exhibitions discussed, visit the ANM website. Our URL is www.artandmarket.net. Follow ANM on Instagram and Facebook for more specialist content on Southeast Asian art. Till next time, bye!